Colossians chapter 4. Colossians, the fourth chapter, and verse number 4, or verse number 5 and 6. Colossians chapter 4, verse number 5 and 6. How I wound up at this point, I cannot explain to you other than I began a journey in my spirit, my mind over the last few days trying to find direction and get a little traction for this new year. And I do believe that uh, this is a great month for us to prepare ourselves. That's what we've always made January, a month of preparation. We kick off our physical year as far as our programs and outreach and all of that, February the 1st. So we always take the month of January as a time of preparing ourselves, getting ourselves in in line with God and, and getting fine-tuned and in the process of going through all of those thoughts and filtering through trying to get direction, I came across this passage by by means of something else that I was reading. And while I was reading this other portion of Scripture, the Lord quickened this verse to my mind. And from there, it just unfolded. If you would, look with me, and we'll read verses 4, or verse number 5 and 6 of chapter 4, Colossians. The writer said, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Now there is a whole other message in this portion of scripture that we'll get to uh, in a few services perhaps, but tonight, I want to draw your attention to the first three words of verse 5. Walk in wisdom. And in this reference, Paul was admonishing the church and us to walk in wisdom toward them that are without, that are not in the church. And he goes on to enumerate other things. And when I read these things, I thought, you know what? I don't know of any passage of scripture that better sums up my thoughts and feelings than this particular thought, walking in wisdom. And I want to use as my subject, and we're going to go for a few weeks, I don't know how long, but a few weeks, and I want to talk to you from the subject of wisdom's walk. Wisdom's walk. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I think every new year brings to us certain thoughts, some of them perhaps a little more morbid than others, (laughs) that another year has passed 
and we're a little older and perhaps a little slower and perhaps a little something else. I won't mention what that is, but whatever, uh, there is this process that we go through, or at least I do, at the beginning of every year trying to uh, get myself in a place where um, I can be more sensitive to God and be more in tune with His will for this hour. I want to, I want to say that again, this hour. You know, some people are of the, the opinion that once they pray through, that's, that should work for all eternity. And, and that, and the fact that, that you are filled with the Holy Ghost is, is good and wonderful. But the times are a changing. And I think it is, uh, it is important for us to stay in tune with the times. And Paul even references that in the next statement when he uh, begins by admonishing us to walk in wisdom toward those who are without. He then says, redeeming the time. The literal translation says, buying up every opportunity. Every opportunity. I want that word opportunity to stick in your mind because we're going to revisit that in a while and I believe God is going to speak to us from that word in time to come in some very significant ways. But I just, I I realize that time is short. I've been in the church all of my life, and ever since I have any recollection of being in church, perhaps at four years of age, um, I remember hearing Preachers preach about the coming of the Lord. And I can vividly remember a few of the old timers that came through and preached prophecy revivals that were every night. And they would stretch these things all the way across the platform. And they would go through this whole timeline. And my little mind's trying to decipher that. Only thing I came out of it with was the Lord's coming and I'm not ready. And it terrified me. And I've heard my pastor through the years preach about the coming of the Lord. And now here we are in 2019 and the Lord has not come. So what does that mean? It means that he's closer than he's ever been. Amen. He's closer than he's ever been. And if there's ever a time that I need to be in tune with him and not living carelessly or uh, in, in any other means, it's now. And so time is short. But not only is time short, but my time is growing shorter. I, I'm getting older, just like you are. And who knows what tomorrow may bring. Our day could end tomorrow and our life could be concluded tomorrow or these, this evening. We, we don't know the allotted time that God has given to us, but I know that at 63 years of age, my best years in some, in, in some ways perhaps are behind me. I'm, I'm not as young and vigorous, but I'm believing that 
Really, my better years are ahead of me, even with a few gray hairs and few, maybe no hairs. I'm, I'm believing God for greater things in the future. But I know that my time is, is limited. It's, it, it's running, I'm running out of time, just like you are. And I, again, I want to make the most of what is left in my life. I may not have done very good with what I've been given up to this point, but from this point forward, I want to make a difference in how the end is seen. And because of that, I want to be the most effective I can be in living for God. And I think that should be all of our desire, that we would be effective and and uh, when I was thinking about all of this and going through the scriptures and looking at various things that the word of God said, I, I came away from it with the feeling that God was speaking to me that he wanted me to elevate my spiritual life for this new year. That he wanted me to try to Rise up to a higher place in him. And I felt that challenge. And I want to challenge you tonight to elevate your spiritual life for this new year. Don't be satisfied where you are. Don't be content with what you have. I don't care how long you've known the Lord. There's still more to know about the Lord. He hasn't divulged everything there is to know about him. And the greatest things about God are yet to be revealed to us. And so I think all of us should hunger for a uh, a higher level of spiritual uh, sensitivity, a higher level of spiritual understanding, and an increase, not a decrease, in our spiritual desire. And And I'm challenging you as well as I feel challenged to elevate my spiritual life for this new year, to go, to climb up a little higher, to go a little deeper in God, to get a little closer to Him, to learn something about the Lord this year that I've not known before, or to rediscover things about God that I may have passed on and forgotten about and put them out of my mind. But this year could be a year of renewal and restoration, and God could bring some things together in my life and in yours that could be truly transforming for all of us. Amen. And so... I want to ask you to take a journey with me. How many of you like to take trips? I know some of you love to go to Disneyland. Some of you like to go up to Safari Waters Park. And I envy you every time you go. I'm just picking on Brother Greg tonight because he's in one of my favorite places. But um, you have your favorite place to go. And, and the great part about having a favorite place to go, it's never a long journey to get there. You look forward to it. You enjoy the miles because you know what you're going to. You know what you're going to be able to enjoy once you get there. So it really doesn't matter what you have to go through or what kind of aggravations or setbacks or side trips that you have to make. As long as you keep in mind, we're going to, we're going to Disney World. We're going to, to uh, the Grand Canyon. We're going to New York City. Uh, wherever it is, Podunk, maybe, uh, 
I, I don't know, Tuckaluka Cove, Tennessee. Maybe that's your favorite place in the world, if there is such a place. At least there was in Louis L'Amour. I don't know about it in real life, but there was in Louis L'Amour. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just saying somewhere there's a spot you enjoy going to. And because you enjoy going there, you don't mind what it takes to get there. Some of you like to deer hunt. My Lord, the first time I went deer hunting, I was at Brother Frank Jones's church and a guy invited me to go and he came to me one night after church. He said, okay, here's the list. And I looked out there, what's this? He said, these are all the things you need to prepare to come hunt with me. I looked at that list. And I thought, I don't even have half of the things that are on that list. And, uh, I thought, I said, where, what do you, he said, this is my standard go-to list. I give it to everybody that, I, so you're, you, you've got all your provisions. And you know what? That, that's the way we are. We get these law. We, we don't mind doing all that because we know where we're going. And when we get there, we're going to enjoy it. So what I want to do is I want to take you on a journey for the next few weeks into the word of God. And I want us to explore a couple of things that I, I feel like could be transforming for us in, in many different ways. But I, I want us to explore paths that lead to blessings. Anybody interested in that? Pathways that lead to blessings. I want us to explore realms of spiritual memories. That will bring a renewing into our lives and refresh us with new direction for our life. There's, you know what? The truth is I'm preaching and teaching tonight to a lot of people. You've heard so much preaching in your lifetime. You can do a better job than I'm doing tonight. Because you've heard so much through the years and you know, but the fact is a lot of what we've heard had just fallen into the background and it's all back there. It's part of the stuff, but we're not aware of it. It's kind of like at Christmas time when you start putting all the Christmas lights back up and you figure out, well, what is that? Where did that come from? How long is, and you find things and trying to rearrange boxes to make everything fit. You didn't even know you had. And it's been there all the time. That's what I'm feeling like the Holy Ghost is wanting to do for us. God's wanting to reintroduce us to some spiritual things that would, that would ignite us with a fresh passion and a burden and a hunger and revival that would be so explosive that we would hear and see what our evangelist spoke of Sunday night of people standing in the middle of service and receiving the Holy Ghost, people coming in off the streets receiving the Holy Ghost. Those are the kind of things that I believe God's preparing us for. So come on, let's take a journey together. And become aware of paths and pursuits that lead to blessings. And make ourselves mindful of those things that only trap us and keep us locked in certain kinds of of thinking and living. So tonight, look with me, if you will, back to the words of Colossians and Paul's letter to the New Testament church. And he uses here in... In our text, um, two words that to me carry 
a great wealth of meaning in them. They're a treasure trove. When you start unpacking them and pulling away the layers of meaning, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling what all they open to us. And those two words are walk and wisdom. Walk and wisdom. And when he uses the word walk, he is meaning far more than simply to move or to travel by foot. He is not talking about just some kind of, uh, uh, of transportation that gets you from one place to the other. And when he talks about wisdom, he is not speaking merely of knowledge or of accumulated learning or of just being smart in some particular area. But the words have so much greater meaning and significance. So if you will, for a few moments, I want to take you through, and I hope I don't uh, give you too many details, but it's important. First of all, the word walk. Everybody say walk. Walk. There's two words in the New Testament Greek that are used for walk, and I'm not going to try to pronounce them. I practiced them this afternoon, and I got them wrong every time. So I'm not going to do that, but they are unique words. And they they literally mean, when when the word walk is used in Scripture, it means one of the things that I'm going to list right now. Number one, it means to occupy. It means to live in a certain manner. When they say to walk in the Spirit... He is not just talking about moving your feet in that direction. He is saying that that needs to occupy your mind, your being, your soul, your thoughts. It needs, you need to live in a certain manner. And one translation of the word means our behavior or how I deport myself, how I carry myself in life. Another one means to follow as a companion, that if you're walking with somebody, that you are following them as a companion. Another word means to be occupied with. Another translation of the word walk means that I am I am full of, my thoughts are consumed by it. I'm occupied by it. I, it's conquered all of my, my thoughts and my efforts and I am now subject to it. I can't hardly do anything without thinking or I turn to do something and, and a thought prompts me to go back in that direction. I'm walking in that direction. Another word me or another translation means to go or move in a certain direction or to depart, to move away from, towards something else. It means also to walk in military rank, which means literally to keep step. Now, I'm not a military person. Brother James Brown could tell me a little bit more about it, but... I guarantee you, your drill sergeant drilled it into you how important it was to keep step when you, when, when they were marching. Uh, and so when, when the scripture talks about us walking with him or walking in light, it means to keep step. 
with with God or what he's doing or whatever else is connected to the word walk, that we are conforming to its purpose, that we are conforming ourselves to its purpose and we move in an orderly fashion with it or toward it. That's what the word walk means. Now, out of that, when I started thinking about all that, this is what I come up. These are the lessons that I drew from the meaning of the word walk. There are some things that I need to walk after. There are some things I need to be occupied by. There are some things I need to pursue. There are some things that I need to walk after. There are some things I need to walk away from. Number two, there are things that I need to be occupied with. I need to be consumed with it. And then there are things that I don't need to be occupied by. I don't need to be occupied by the trivial distractions and the secondary things that the enemy is always throwing in my path to divert my attention from what I really need to be doing. And so when when I walk with him, I am mindful that there's some things I need to be consumed by. And there's some things I don't need to worry with. I don't need to let it get my attention. There are some things, number three, that I need to conform to. There are some things that I need to bend my will to and say, you know what? You are going to do this. You are going to act this way. You are going to say those things. You are going to be this kind of person. And there is also things that I do not need to conform to. I am not going to be conformed to this world. I'm not going to let the world press me into its mold. I am not going to allow its thinking to invade my thinking so that it dilutes and it, it distorts my vision of what this word says. I had to go today. Sister Alicia, thank you for your help. I had to get my license renewed. I don't know if you've had to do that yet, but man, it's almost like death. I'm telling you. And uh, after several tries, I finally got in. And the, I thought everything was great. Everything was going well. And then right before she dismissed me, she said, okay, now look in this little lens right there and tell me what you see. I start squinting. and Which line do you want me to read? Number five. Uh, let's see, where's number five at? And I couldn't, I couldn't focus the way I thought I needed to focus. And I realized I'm either getting old, I've got cataracts, or I need to go get bifocals, one of the two. But the truth is, life has had a way of affecting my vision. Just getting older has affected my vision. And life has a way of affecting all of our vision. 
So that when we are looking at the word of God, if we're not careful, if we're being influenced by the wrong train of thought, or we're being influenced by the wrong uh, issues in life, then when we look at this word, we see it in a distorted fashion. And we, we look at it and we do not read what is there or we don't hear what is there. And or, or we try to twist and say, well, well, God didn't really mean that. He, he meant this. And so we have to be careful that we are conformed to the right things and that we resist being conformed to some things. And lastly, there is a way that I need to behave. Turn to your neighbor and look at him and say, there's a way you need to act. And there's a way you don't need to act. Amen. All of this involves my walk. Amen. All of it. And I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the right way. Amen. I said I want to walk in the right way. I want to walk in a purposeful manner so that the best results are found. I want to conduct myself in a way that brings honor to him, first of all. And I want to be occupied with the things that really matter and not distracted by things that are passing. Amen. Things that are important to God. I want those things to be important to me. And I want to keep step with where God is moving. When I wrote that down this afternoon, the Lord quickened my mind all the way back to Israel coming out of bondage and God giving them instructions about their journey and, and all the things that w- was going to be involved. And the most important thing that he gave them was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And his command to Moses was, whenever you see that cloud move, you better move with it. Now, I've imagined what that must have been like. You know, you've been traveling for days through a hot, weary desert. Things aren't, they're not like Egypt. There's no couches to lay on. There's nobody to fan you. I mean, all of the, uh, all of the pleasantries that they, they had, they thought they had enjoyed in Egypt were gone. And now they're in this stark and barren land. And I looked at that again this week and I thought, God, why would you choose that kind of land to give to your people? And as clear as I'm talking to you right now, it came to me so that they would depend on me and not on the land that I give them. Because if he had given them the Garden of Eden, say, if he had given them a paradise, they would have come to the point where they depended on paradise more than they depended on God. And God said, I'm going to give them something, but... They're going to need me to understand the blessings of that place. It's called a wilderness. Amen. Part of it was called a wilderness. Part of what he gave them was from the wilderness of one area to the mountains. And the interesting thing also about that, I looked at it again this week. Brother 
20 or you know more about this in prophecy. But I looked at the, the promise that God gave to Moses and to Joshua. It was from, it, it looks like almost where they crossed over the Red Sea from the wilderness to the mountains of Lebanon in the far north, all the way to the Euphrates River in the east, and all the way to the Mediterranean. And yet the only land that they ever occupied was that little strip that we know of as Israel now. So that tells me that God gave them more than they occupied, and God gave them more than they walked on. And the thing, same principle can be true with us. God can have provided a whole lot more than we're enjoying tonight. And I've just made up my mind that in 2019, I want to walk on some new territory. I want to explore some new areas. I want to move out in God in some places. I want to see God do some things this year that I've never seen Him do before. I want to see God do some things in this place that makes us stand back and say, wow, that is incredible what God is doing. Amen. And so I want to keep step with him because when he's moving, I want to be moving with him. I want to be moving with the right group. I want to be moving with the right people, with the right crowd. I want to be hanging out with the right people. Amen. Y'all get real nervous when I talk like this because you're afraid I'm going to eliminate maybe somebody in your little world. I hope not. But if that's what needs to happen, eliminate it. There's just some things you don't need. Amen. And so that when we talk about walk, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about just taking an afternoon stroll through the park. We're talking about being occupied with something. We're talking about being consumed with something and something that is moving us and motivating us and, and pushing us in a direction and occupying our thoughts and our, our desires. And we're consumed. We go to bed with it. We get up with it. We eat with it. We talk about it. Every time we talk to somebody new, somewhere in the conversation, it percolates to the top. And we're talking about the goodness of God and the greatness of God and what God's doing right now and where God's leading us and aren't you excited about our future and and what God has God promised you something to do he's going to do this year for you and and claiming those things we're talking about our walk and then the second word is wisdom walk occupy yourself in wisdom and this is the interesting thing because the word wisdom um it is is a very uh, powerful word. It literally refers to practical skills or acumen. But when I went to research and I called my brother, I said, I need you to help me with this one because this is a little deeper than my pay grade. But um, when I went to find the meaning of the word wisdom, which is Sophia in Greek, It simply meant higher or lower, worldly or spiritual. And I thought, okay, I'm not sure I got that, but let's start over. I read it again, higher or lower, worldly or spiritual. 
And then it began to dawn on me. There, there are two types of wisdom that are indicated. There is the wisdom that is about man. And then there is the wisdom that is from God. There is that discerning which is earthly. And there is that understanding that is heavenly or eternal. There is that view that is carnal. There is that view that is spiritual. So there is a lower level to wisdom. And there is a higher level to wisdom. And whichever one is influencing you will determine the outcome of your story. And one of them is influencing you. One of them is determining your direction right now. One of them is determining your pathway for 2019. Wisdom. The lower level of wisdom speaks of intelligence, knowledge of things human, things that are acquired by learning or acuteness or experience, skills that are are developed, but the catch to all of this is that they are all limited. They only go so far. They only reach so high. They only encompass so much. That's man's wisdom. That's the lower level of wisdom. On the other side, there is the higher level of wisdom, which speaks of what one translator said were ultimate things, eternal things, supreme intelligence. And the catch-all here is that there is no limitation to this level of wisdom. There is no level, there's no limitation. And this level of, li- of wisdom speaks clearly. It is clear. There's no fuzziness. There's no, is this right or is this wrong? It is very distinct. It's very understandable. One wisdom is knowledge without knowing the cause. The other is knowledge that knows the cause. Or in another word, One is craftiness, while the other is virtuous. One is clever. One is clever. It's sharp. It's it's cunning. But the other is bettering. And I know that's not a word, but I made it up today. Put it in your dictionary. When you type it in your phone and it turns red, just go down there and click on it, right-click, and say, add to your dictionary. Bettering. It's trying to help lift you to a higher level. It's trying to improve your whole life. One, listen to me, one kind of wisdom draws conclusions The other one establishes distinctions. And what I mean by that is it establishes first things. One just comes to a conclusion over what it's learned. But the other one 
what it's learned is filtered and then it's set in order according to the things that should be done first and the things that should come second and third and fourth. And it never confuses the last for the first. That's the wisdom that is from above. It's what helps keep order in your life. And what, when I, when I went through all this today, and I hope I'm not being too boring or technical, but when I went through all this today, I had to stop and ask myself, what kind of wisdom results in the best life? What kind of wisdom results in the highest life? What kind of wisdom results in the blessed life? I think you know the wisdom which is from above. Now, we are being called to that higher level, so we have to be careful what our motivating factors are in life. We have to be careful what is influencing. And the fact is that there is one of these two worlds that's influencing our life tonight. And all the decisions that we make and the way we act and conduct ourselves are being affected by one of these two worlds. The world of man or the world of God. The world of flesh or the world of the spirit. And of those two worlds, one of those is influencing our life and pushing us are moving us in a certain direction. It is either opening doors that are, that, 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 that bring us into unlimited blessings or it's pushing us into a corner where our options are limited. Amen. Some people have come to me needing help before and I'm not a great counselor. I've tried to help people through life, but I'm not really qualified to do that. I'm not trained in that field. But I've learned a few things through life. But one thing I've told them in the past is, you know what? If you quit shooting yourself in the foot, your foot will quit hurting. Yeah. If you'll just quit hammering away. And and what I've learned is that what what what's hard to get people to understand is... That their life is being influenced by one of these two worlds. The lower or the higher. And we don't recognize it. We don't think in those terms. We're not, we're, we're, we're not really prepared to go down that road. But the fact is we are walking toward one of these two extremes. One of these two ways. Level, the lower level or, or the higher level. And and one of those is influencing what we say, what we do, what we think, how we act, how we talk, how we carry ourselves. And so we're talking about walking in wisdom, the right kind of wisdom, the kind of wisdom that will produce the best blessings in your life and mine, that will bring me closer to the will of God. Are you interested in that kind of walk tonight? Are you interested in getting closer to God and your life being more in tune with Him? Are you, are you interested tonight in God drawing you to a place in Him that you've never, He said, come on up. I've got a cleft in the rock. I want to put you in and let you see my glory. Amen. I'm hungry for that. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for that. And so God led me to the book of James. 
where James shows us a very clear picture of of the two kinds of wisdom and what they produce and their influence once they begin to operate, what they produce in our life. Go, so go with me to James chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 13 through 18. And I want to read it from the message translation, if you'll give me the permission to do that tonight. Because it is, it, it expands and uh, it, it, it makes a little clearer what what is being said there. Now I can read it to you from from the King James Version so you, you, you don't lose the Holy Ghost over it because I'm not reading out of the King James Version. But um, let, let me read from the King James just so nobody loses the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm just being facetious. But who is the wise man and the dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above, everybody say above, is is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits and without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown of in peace of them that make peace. And so let me go back and read the message translation. He said in verse number 13, he said, Do you want to be counted wise? All right. To build a reputation for wisdom. Here's what you do. Live well. Live wisely. Live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk. (laughs) I love that. It's the way you live, not the way you talk that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's actual animal cunning. Underline that because I'm going to come back to it. It's animal cunning. Devilish conniving. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throats. But real wisdom. Everybody say real wisdom. God's wisdom. That higher wisdom. God's wisdom begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable and overflowing with mercy and blessing. Not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other 
with dignity and honor. Woo! Need I say more? (laughs) So let me very briefly. Each kind of wisdom has its effect. Did you notice that? The earthly wisdom that he talked about. It has its effect on your life. Just as the heavenly wisdom, the wisdom that is real, the wisdom that is above. And the earthly wisdom measures success in worldly terms. And in worldly terms or in the world's way of thinking, if you cheat a little bit to get along... Everybody's doing it. So why don't I do it? It's like one of the political uh, commentators that, that caught somebody uh, putting something out, that uh, disinformation out on the Internet to try to affect a, 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 an election. And they discovered that everything that individual put out was false and it was proven false and he even was confronted with it and he admitted that it was false but he said, this is his statement, everybody's doing it and if you don't do it, you can't make it in politics. That's that lower realm of wisdom. And you know what? We don't think we act like that and we don't think that influences us. But you know what? I've lived long enough to know that there's still a little flesh in all of us. And I know there's a little left in me because I have to deal with it every once in a while. Matter of fact, I deal with it more than I like to deal with it. And when I have to deal with it, you know what shows up? That side. That justifying, conniving, cunning, crafty. Well, you know, if you is it wrong if you don't get caught? Is it stealing if they don't know they overpaid you or gave you too much money back? Whoo! I don't know if you want to go on this journey or not. It's getting kind of rough right now. Put your boots on. This kind of wisdom aim is very low. It's like I talked about Charlie Brown. He, they caught, Lucy caught him out in the backyard with his bow and arrow. And he was standing, she watched him for a little while. He would pull his bow out and he would shoot at the fence. And wherever it stuck, he would run over there and draw a target around it. That's the way a lot of people are in life. They wanna, they, they, they wanna make things look better than they are or they just shoot. And then they go try to pretend that that's where they were trying to shoot at or what they were trying to aim for. That's, that's very, that's a low aim. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You hurt me. I know how to hurt back. You got me. I know how to get back. You yelled at me. I know how to yell back. Yeah, we're talking about what's influencing us right now. And what's influencing us many times is not what needs to be influencing us. The wisdom that is from this lower level 
he said it is earthly and it is characteristic of natural man. It is wisdom that is no more according to the literal translation of the Greek. It is no more than an animal kind of thing. And by that it meant that the instinctual response that makes an animal snap and snarl and try to hurt to protect itself or to survive or just to hurt somebody else. That's the wisdom that is from below. It doesn't worry about the damage count. Well, I got it off my chest. I gave them a piece of my mind. I told them where the, how the cow eat the cabbage. Yeah. <clears throat> that earthly wisdom, the scripture says this of it. This is kind of scary. It's devilish. It's devilish. Now I want you to try to expand that word. Everything you can imagine about the devil. How conniving He's a father of lies. He doesn't know how to tell the truth. He is deceitful. All of those things that Satan is, this kind of, this kind of wisdom, this kind of influence on my life is devilish. And that means that it produces in my life the situations that the devil delights in which is confusion and turmoil and hatred and bitterness and strife. It produces the kind of situation in my life that the devil applauds and said, bravo, bravo. That's the wisdom that is of the earth. That's Man's wisdom. And that's a wisdom that influences us, whether we like to admit it or not, from time to time. And instead of bringing people together, it drives people apart. It divides. Instead of producing peace, it produces strife. Instead, it produces envy and selfish ambition and disorder. And the scripture said every evil thing, every evil thing. There is that one who is clever and has a cute brain and skillful tongue, but his effort is to cause trouble and to disturb relationships. Whether they be in the church or in the home or on the job or in the community or wherever, that wisdom that is of the earth It produces a kind of situation that the devil loves to relish in. The true wisdom, though, he said, which is from above, is like the breath of God in our life. Now, I want to ask you, which do we want influencing our 2019? Do we want the things that are influencing our life, that's driving our actions, that's driving my decision, that's driving my attitude? Do I want it to be that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, you get me, I'll get you? 
Or you step on my toe, I'll step on your toe. You hurt me, I'll hurt you. Or is it going to be a, 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 a tit for tat? You, you, you did this, I'm going to do that. Or you ignored me, so I ignore all oh, that, that kind of, that thing influencing me. Or am I going to allow something from a higher realm to do, to have an influence on me that will draw me to something of a higher level so that when I, I I'm going through life, the, what is influencing my decision is not this earthly sin Sensual, cute, clever, cunning, deceitful kind of thought process, but it's this, it's like a breath of heaven in my life. It's when I, when, when I turn uh, wherever I'm going, I feel the influence of God on my life and in what I'm doing. And this kind of wisdom has an influence over us that, that Paul or James takes the time to delineate and he goes through and I'm not going to go through all of them because it's too late, but I'm going to give you two of them. He said, first of all, this kind of wisdom is pure, pure. That's very interesting because the word means that it's in the, in the, in in the literal Greek outside the realm of God in, in capital letter, just God's. It referenced what was pure enough to approach the gods. The Greek uh, religious thought had all gods on a certain level of purity and wisdom and and power and all of that. And anything that was pure was qualified to be at that level. And the scripture said, James said... The wisdom that God gives, the wisdom that is from above, that I can walk toward, that I can walk in, is a wisdom that is first of all pure. It is clean. It has no ulterior motives behind it. It has no self involved in it. Man. It is wisdom that is so clean that it can stand before God and not blush or blink. Now, church, I don't know about you. I'm not there yet, but I want to get there. I want that to be the kind of influence that's on my life. I want my life to be where I can stand before God and not feel condemned or unworthy. I want to be able to stand before him, not in my own righteousness, but in the righteousness that he has given me. But I want to live, I want my life to be so influenced by this certain realm of thought or this certain direction in my life. I want to walk toward those things that will improve my life and bring me into a place where God is not ashamed to be called my God. And that one verse in Hebrews has always amazed me in chapter 11. He said, God was not ashamed to be called their God. What kind of level of living do you get to where God said that's mine right there I'm not ashamed that indicates to me that there must be some levels of living that God must turn his head I want him to not have to turn his head when it comes to my life I want him to say that's my child I'm not ashamed to be called Mark Hughes is God amen 
pure. It's for, everybody say pure. Number two, it's peaceable. The word peaceable comes from a word that deals with relationships. Everybody say relationships. What you have between your spouse, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your family, relationships. It was dealing with relationship between man and man, how we got along, how we treated one another, how we acted toward, how we responded to one another. And the second part is it was about the relationship between man and God. But most importantly, this relationship first and then this relationship could all be in harmony if the right influence is on my life. That these two worlds don't have to be at odds with one another. It's hypocrisy for me to come to church and just tell God how much I love Him. And then turn around and walk by somebody that He loves just as much as He loves you and not say a word to Him because you're mad at Him. I'm not saying anybody, I'm, nobody said, I don't, I'm just, Talking tonight, folks. I'm not trying to hit at anybody. So if that's you, I'm not trying to get at you. I'm just saying there's something, there's a, there's a wisdom, there's an influence on my life so that this world and this world are not at odds. They're, they're, they're not contradicting one another. And I've seen some people that could come and shout the house down and dance a jig and run a mile, lap around the building 20 times and talk in tongues for 30 minutes. And then walk outside and somebody get in their pathway. What are you doing in my home? Or blowing that horn. Folks, I'm just telling you, I don't like it any more than you like it. But the Word of God's trying to say something. Come on, you need to elevate your living. You need to come on up a little higher. There's a better place up here with me than where you're at right now. And I'm asking God, help me get there because I'm not there right now. Amen. You may be there, but I'm not quite there. I still have to say every once in a while things on the highway I don't want to say. No, I don't have to say them. But this, I, I want, I want this to all be in harmony. And when the right influence is on my life, it is. The way I treat God and the way I treat you is all going to be the same. Peaceable. Everybody say peaceable. It doesn't hurt others with clever cutting words. That's the interesting thing about peaceable. It brings us closer to one another and to God. That's the kind of influence I want on my life this year. Amen. I want to love people in spite of their faults. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something, church. God's going to expand your world in a few weeks, in a few days. And he's going to bring into our world, into our church, elements that some of us may have a hard time embracing because of previous prejudices toward that person or we know their history or whatever. You better get over that. 
I better get over that. Because Brother Edwards said it Sunday. There's nobody that's beyond the reach of God's mercy. And the most unlikely person, when he said that, I started going through my Rolodex of unlikely people. People that I've already put a big X over and say, God, don't even look that direction anymore. And God said, what if I bring that one in? What if I bring that one in? What if that one's the first one to pray through? What if that one's the first one that come down? What are you going to do then? And I had to step back and say, God, if that's you working, I want to be right there beside them, praying them through to the Holy Ghost. I want to be right there with them, encouraging them. I want to be able to open my arms and pull them in and say, you know what? I love you because God loves you. Amen. Let's go a little higher, church. Come on, stand with me. I'm through. I needed to be through 15 minutes ago. But anyway, amen. Let's go a little higher. Let's go, let's climb. Amen. Wisdom that is from above. I want the right influence on my life. I want God to be pleased. I want when, when I go through and go out of this world that God is, is, is ready to welcome me home. Amen. And I'm not looking to leave anytime soon, folks. I'm not saying that. I don't have any premonition. I'm just saying that I want to live in a way that whenever that time comes, I don't have to worry. Amen. Walk in wisdom. And in this reference, he said, toward them that are without. How we treat those that are not church people can greatly influence whether they ever come our way. Amen. God help me. I want the right influence. One of these two worlds is always having some play in my life. I want to make sure it's the right one. I'm, my decisions are based on the right thing. My choices are based on the right thing. Amen. I love you tonight, God. I thank you for your word. It's a sharp sword. It has pierced me deeply today, Lord. It pierces even now. It, it's cutting away things in my life that I don't need. Things that I've asked you to help me with. And you're trying to do that. And your word begins to cut through. It begins to eliminate things that are unneeded and unnecessary so that I can be more like you. Lord, that's what I think we all want. We just want to be like you. We want to be closer to you. Lord, I want this to be the year of our greatest revival. I want it to be the year of our greatest blessings. I want this year to eclipse anything that we've ever seen or experienced before. God, I am, I am understanding more and more that how this year turns out will be greatly affected by that influence in my life. If I am truly walking in the wisdom that is from above, God, help me to walk in that wisdom tonight. Help me to be reminded of what it is. It's first peaceable. Peaceable. Amen. Lord, help me to remember that. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Somebody say amen. Amen feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I do I do believe God's trying to take us on a journey. And I'm I'm doing my best to get myself in that place where I need to be. Join me, will you?
Amen. Join me. Let's pray. Let's seek the Lord. Let's listen to Him. Let's open our hearts to what He's saying and doing. And let's, let's watch God unfold His miraculous work in our midst. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love you tonight. Thank you so much for being here and opening your heart to the Word of God tonight. Amen.